Hi, it's Katie with Bountiful Living, and I'm going to start off today with a question that I have been asked many times by others. How do we make time with God, and what does that look like? So if you are a very seasoned Christian, and what I mean by that is you are not new to Christ. You have been going to church. You know the Bible stories. This podcast is still for you. Matter of fact, a very seasoned believer asked me this question, because as we go through many different seasons and stages of our life, this changes. The time we had when we were young or when we were unmarried or even before we had kids looks different than maybe what our life is like now. Our time that we have that is extra is going to change. This is something that throughout our lives and throughout the different seasons and stages of our lives this will change. But one thing cannot change, our foundation. We all know that without a strong foundation on a house, there's going to be cracks in the walls. Things are going to begin to falter, and extra work has to be done to go in and repair that foundation. So today, before we begin all of the things that we are going to talk about in Bountiful Living, I want to set that for you today, a strong foundation. So maybe you are brand new to your relationship with Christ and you're like, I don't know about any of this. Can you help me, please? Of course. So I'm going to take a minute to just talk to you about priorities. When I was young, I always thought it's Jesus, others, and then you. God being first meant that number two was others. So that was like my family, my friends, my community. Those were the other category. And then very last was the U category, the S category. And I'll have to be honest, that's one I outright neglected. We'll talk more on that in a later podcast about what godly self-care looks like. Because if we are not full, if we do not have our oxygen mask on, if we're not taking care of ourselves, we are going to be an empty vessel and have absolutely nothing. I learned that it isn't God first, number one, and then number two, family, number three, career, but more so, God is first, period. I had this conviction a long time ago because I am a coffee drinker. I love it. When I wake up in the morning, something that I look forward to, just the warmth of that sweet, creamy, rich cup of coffee that brings a little joy to my day. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you're a tea drinker. Or maybe you love soda in the morning. So I bought this shirt that said, but first, coffee. And I just totally cracked me up because I really love puns and silly stuff like that. But as I took a picture of myself in that shirt, I was instantly convicted. And I was like, whoa, priority is out of place right there. It's not, but first, coffee. It should be, but first, God. And I realized that day that it was God first in all things. So we start our day, we start our lives and our priority in that foundation of having God first and having Him number one. But we also put God first in our marriage. We also put God first as we parent. We put God first in our relationships and we put Him first in our career. We put Him first when we're making decisions about where we're going to send our kids to school, or where we might even go on vacation. And when we do that, when he becomes first in all things, we have a shift in priorities. 
and everything that once seemed so chaotic and so out of order, all of a sudden begins to make sense. Because you see, God is a God of order, not a God of chaos. And so if you're experiencing major burnout right now, which girl, let me tell you, like I wrote the book on burnout. That's part of the reason that I started this podcast, because I have so much to share of how I crashed and burned so many times doing things in my flesh and in my own strength, instead of learning to lean on and rely on the Lord. So what does it look like to put God first? How do we actually do that? Well, it's really a lot less complicated than it seems. Time with God is just a relationship. And the way that we have a relationship with Him is through conversation, through prayer. For a lot of you, you may have never prayed a day in your life. Some of you pray all the time, but maybe you are uncomfortable praying out loud. Another way that we connect with God is through worship. This is how we express our gratitude. And so just like in our human relationships, you can see how people respond to a compliment or to a smile. That's how it is with our God. He is our creator. He has given us this entire beautiful world and everything in it. And he is worthy of our praise, worthy of our gratitude. And the third way that we connect with God is through reading his word. That is actually where I want to spend the bulk of our time today is how to read the Bible. I have to admit, I grew up in a very interesting, somewhat different way than many of my other peers in the Christian world. My parents would wake us up and we would attempt to read through the Bible in a year. But what would happen was we would kind of start and maybe, you know, life would get busy and hectic or I think my brother and I were kind of goofing around and not really paying attention. And so my parents read the Old Testament Psalms and Proverbs over and over and over again. And so I know there were times we got to the New Testament, but I remember this repeat of the Old Testament, and it became such a great love of mine. And even to this day, it is one of my absolute favorites. It's actually so essential to understand the New Testament because all of it works together, all of it builds on each other. They work together hand in hand. And of course, you see so many amazing things and have so much more appreciation for what Jesus did when you understand how hard it was under the law to be cleansed from sin. So no matter where you feel like starting today, maybe you are picking up a Read Through the Bible program. If you are, I would totally recommend the Chronological Bible. I got through that in 2020 during the pandemic and actually listened to it on Audio Bible. I want to give you outright permission to do that. Not that that's the only way we should be in God's Word, but definitely listening to it and taking it in with our ears And just even having it on in the background as we're going about our day. I know I would even listen to some of it when I was at the grocery store. Although getting through Leviticus while you're shopping for beef is a little weird. But (laughs) um, wherever you are, wherever you want to listen, it's totally fine. Because you're getting God's word into your heart and into your mind. Whether it's the first time or the millionth time that you've read God's Word, we should always start with prayer because it is only the Holy Spirit that is going to open our eyes to see and our ears to hear and to know the truth 
of what God's Word is trying to say. God's Word will never return void. It will always go out and do what it is intended to do. God's Word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it is life to our body and marrow to our bones. So take a moment before you sit down in God's Word to pray and ask for your eyes to be opened and for wisdom. The second part, very easy. Just read it. You can start anywhere. As I mentioned earlier, you can start with a chronological Bible. Maybe you're like, and New Testament for me, that is fine too. Uh, This is actually why we're going to start in the book of John. I'm going to walk through that with you and help you understand God's Word a little deeper. And the reason why I picked the Gospel of John first is I heard many years ago that every new convert should start there. It's the love book. It's how God tells us and shows us His love for us. And although I've read it, I've never studied it before, so I am so excited that I get to go through that with you. As you're reading God's Word, there's a lot of things that you have to kind of look out for and pay attention to. I cannot stand when people cherry-pick scriptures. What that means is they grab one out and they apply truth to it without looking at any historical context, without looking at what theologians have said for hundreds and hundreds of years about a verse or about a scripture. Because remember, guys, we are human and we have error. We will not always get this right. So we have to look at several different things when we're trying to understand a principle. For example, this past year, I spent a lot of time studying rest and the Sabbath and what that really means and how we are to live in Sabbath in our modern age since the law has been done away with. So I took a long time studying Hebrews and looking back at the original law that God gave to Moses and seeing why it was important. I will definitely share all of that with you in a later episode, because rest is one of those godly self-care things that sometimes we feel like we're being lazy if we rest, but it's actually biblical. God says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. That's in the book of Matthew. And I love that verse because there's so many times that I have been so worn out. Again, maybe doing it in my flesh, but regardless, God is always there to take us and to comfort us and to give us rest for our weary soul. Rest is so important. So it's important for us to understand the historical context. One of the ways that you can get that, I would not suggest Googling. People write so many blogs that are in outright error, and I wonder how in the world it's even out there. I guess anybody can self-publish. But I have seen the majority of the time that I'm doing research or trying to really get down to what does this mean, I've had to go to this program called Logos, which you can actually download for free as an app, and you can get a free book every month. So this is basically like if you really want to go very, very, very deep, like if you're a seasoned believer and you're ready for that depth in your study of the word, you can look at what hundreds of years of theologians have said. And if we're coming up with new ideas, it's probably inaccurate. Because you will see as you look over from the time the New Testament was written to when all of the saints begin studying God's word and preaching God's word and commentating on God's word, that it was the same. There's a common thread. 
God is revealing these same truths to man throughout all generations. So not only do we have to look at what has been said throughout history, but historical context, a lot of times we can cherry pick scriptures and say, oh, this is what women are supposed to do, or this is what men are supposed to do. But if specifically, there's a lot of um, when Paul is talking to the church and the Corinthians about how they are to behave, you have to get in and understand this is a pagan society. So, of course, there needed to be some correction. And yes, every, a lot of the things that he is saying in there does apply to our modern church. You have to separate the two. And the third and final way to read scripture in context, you can't just read one. You really have to take the whole Bible into consideration. And if you haven't read it all, that's actually okay. So what I would recommend you doing, for example, if you're reading, I am the way, the truth, and the life in the Bible, and you're wondering, well, who is I? Who is that? You may have to back up a few verses to find out who is saying that, and we'll learn that it's Jesus. So if you back up even further, maybe you read a whole chapter, you might find out who Jesus is talking to, who is with Jesus, are the disciples there, is he talking uh, the Sermon on the Mount, for example. Like you can get more context as you begin to read more of the Word. If you're brand new to this, I would suggest starting at the beginning of a book and just reading all the way through as we're going to do in the book of John. After we have prayed and asked the Lord to open our eyes, to see our ears, to hear, and to have wisdom— And after spending time reading God's Word and beginning to understand it historically and making sure that other people agree with what we're believing, other trusted people of the faith agree, and reading for proper context, reading the whole chapter, reading, beginning to read the whole Bible. And I'll go ahead and say this so that you have grace for yourself in whatever season you're in. I am 44. My dad actually offered me $100 if I had read the Bible when I was a kid and never did it, never took him up on the $100, which back then that was a fortune. But I finally did. Finally, in 2020, listened to the audio Bible, and it was the best thing I've ever done. So don't feel like you have to set that goal for yourself right away, but know that it's something that you can achieve. The final thing is applying God's Word. How do we use it? Well, there's scriptures in there that tell us how to know God, tell us God's character and who he is. That's easy to apply in just learning about him as our creator, as our healer, as our comforter, as the prince of peace. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. That joy in him is what gives us strength. We can take that word. We could even put it up on our mirror and memorize it or read it every day to encourage us. We can use that word to encourage others. And also, if there's areas where we're outright struggling, I'll never forget this time I was on a mission trip in El Salvador, sitting in a hammock, and I was surrounded by beautiful blue skies, sea breezes, and good friends. And the anxieties were overwhelming me. I'm not exactly sure what I was dealing with at that time, but I remember making it a point to memorize Philippians 4, 6-7, through 7, which says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and petition make your requests known to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And now when my littles are dealing with anxiety, 
Usually it's about math. Maybe it's about a friend or just anything they don't want to do. And they're feeling worried. I can share that verse that I've hidden away in my heart with them and encourage them. And it's something I have to say to myself. That's how I am applying God's word to my life. That we are not to worry about anything. Instead, we're to go to him in prayer and ask for the peace that passes all understanding. And our heart and our mind will be guarded in Christ Jesus. So some of this might be outright intimidating to you, and that's okay. There's very simple ways that we can prioritize the Lord and prioritize time with Him. If you're already a member of a local church, you could join a Bible study. Maybe look at the small groups if your church offers something like that and join a study that seems interesting to you to learn more. So I'm going to end this podcast with a bit of a challenge. I started off by telling you that God should be first, that He should be our priorities. But here's the reality. Life happens. Things get in the way. I don't know how it is for you at home. Maybe it's a husband, a kid, even a dog licking you in the face in the morning where you're not quite alert or awake. Maybe you struggle to wake up. But I want to encourage you to push past everything demanding your attention. Whether it's a deadline, whether it's getting your kids to school in the morning, or even if you're outright late and have no time, you're just rushing, 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 which I know is how we spend a lot of our lives. I want to challenge you to make God like that sweet cup of coffee or whatever it is for you that you have to have every day that enriches your life, that when you have it, when you partake in it, it delights your senses and it, it warms your soul. Because in truth, God is our oxygen. We have no life without our breath. And that's how I want you to picture God today. We have no life without Him. He is the air we breathe. I want to challenge you. I know that Jesus went away every morning to spend time with the Father. And that may not be realistic for you. I have tried to wake up at 5 a.m. and there was years that I could do it. And just at my age... It's not happening. And you know what? That's okay. I actually have my alarm go off now and just kind of sit there with my eyes closed and begin to pray. Just start my day in prayer. And I tell the Lord, I present myself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you, which is your reasonable service. I put on my full armor of God, the helmet of salvation to guard and to protect my mind, the breastplate of righteousness that guards and protects my heart, my shield of faith that deflects the fiery darts of the enemy, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God to defend myself against the enemy. The belt of truth holds everything up and my feet prepared with the gospel of peace. And it is until a little later in the morning when we're actually in the car taking the kids to school that I pray with my kids. And then I put on some worship music. Maybe it's one song. Maybe we have time for three And if I'm really doing well, I will have a a chapter of the Bible loaded up to listen to. But I'll be honest, it doesn't happen every day. Whatever reality you're in, whatever time frame you have, start your day with God. Whatever that looks like. If it's as simple as putting a verse down next to you. Because in truth, I have spent a lot of years memorizing God's Word. And I do have it hidden in my heart, so I won't sin against Him. 
And if you're new, give yourself some grace. Write it down on a, a piece of paper. Maybe if you're super crafty, you can make like a pretty scrapbook piece of paper and make it really nice where you wake up and you just look over and there it is before you turn on your phone, before you do anything else. Just that moment, just one minute with God, two minutes with God. Start your day with Him and that foundation will build and will strengthen. And just like the air you breathe, He will become life 